So today we have a reading from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 19, verse 29. 29 to 44, to be more specific. And I'm going to be reading from the, the New Living Translation. A couple of weeks ago, I was reflecting without realizing that this was a specific passage for today. I was reflecting on um, some of these stories and thinking about Jesus and his ministry and the way that he, um, he expressed some words, not his last, very last words, but some of the last words before going to the cross. And, and a couple of uh, thoughts came to my mind, and, and I'll be sharing some of them this morning. Uh, but before doing this reading, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever been disappointed of something you were super excited before? For example, um, <laughs> this is, this is, it, it's funny. I, I, I grew up um, in a church in Honduras. And every summer, every summer, the elders and the ministers, they, they used to coordinate this special trip. Normally, it was, you know, uh, just to have fun with, with uh, uh, everybody. I mean, it's just like a family trip, okay? So they were planning this trip, and they said, Carlos, do you have any suggestions? And I said, well, uh, I am not sure, but I know some people from this specific ministry, some of our friends, that they know some good places that we can go. I mean, it's just think about this, 200 people going to a trip. So it's, it's just like, kind of like hard to coordinate something like that. But, but then my friend said, hey, listen, I have the perfect place for the church to go. I was like, really? Yes, it's just perfect. I mean, you can see the ocean right in front of you. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. It's just two hours from, from the city. Wow, that's even better. And you know me. And you know what, what my next question was. And I said, how about food? Um, and then he said, oh, oh, don't worry about it. There's plenty of restaurants. You can choose whatever you want. Carlos, this is going to be fantastic. So just imagine that, the whole church, and we can play some games, and then we can worship the Lord in the afternoon while having, you know, some good coffee. Or if you want fish, they have, you know, the best fish ever. I was super excited. Yeah, the fellowship was important, but the food was also important. So I was super excited and I was ready for this. So uh, that Saturday, you know, we were just packing everything and, and then we were singing uh, while on the road. And it was just fantastic. But then when we got there, I was like, hmm, this is weird. I mean, his description is not matching the reality. So... But then I was like, oh, maybe it's just the way to get in. So I'll wait. I am not going to do anything. I'm just going to wait. So we're just driving and driving this horrible road. It was just, it was terrible. So we got there and he said, we're here. So come on, bro, let's get out. Let's go and play some games and everything. So we're setting everything up. And then I said, hey, I have a question. I mean, I, I don't see any restaurants here. And... But what I see is a lot of trash and stuff. Over here. Oh, no, no, no. But that's normal. Don't worry. No. Restaurants. Well, I didn't mean to say restaurants. It was just people cooking outside, you know. Okay, but where are they? Oh, it looks like they didn't come today. 
So you have to walk to some of their houses and see if they want to cook for you. I said, wait, so you want me to go and start like knocking at doors and say, hey, 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 uh, I'm with the church over there. And I was wondering if you can cook for, yeah, 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 yeah. People here, they're like super cool. They, they can do that for you. We walked like 45 minutes. We found a place. We had some good fish, but I was so frustrated. Keep this story in mind because it's somehow it's related to what I want to, um, to share this morning. So Luke chapter 19, verse 29. As he came to the towns of Bethpage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives, he sent two disciples ahead. Go into that village over there, he told them. As you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks, why are you untying that colt? Just say, the Lord needs it. So they went and found the colt, just as Jesus has said. And sure enough, as they were untying it, the owners asked them, Why are you untying that colt? And the disciples simply replied, The Lord needs it. So they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their garments over it for him to ride on. As he rode along, the crowd spread out their garments on the road ahead of him. When he reached the place where the road started down the Mount of Olives, all of his, all of his followers began to uh, shout and sing as they walked along. Praising God for all the wonderful miracles they had seen. Blessings on the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in highest heaven. But some of the Pharisees among the crowd said, Teacher, rebuke your followers for saying things like that. He replied, If they kept quiet, the stones along the road would burst into tears. But as he came closer to Jerusalem and saw the city ahead, he began to weep. How I wish today that you, all the people, would understand the way to peace. But now it's too late, and peace is hidden from your eyes. Before long, your enemies will build rampants against your walls and encircle you and close in on you from every side. They will crush you into the ground and your children with you. Your enemies would not leave a single stone in place. Because you did not recognize it when God visited you. Whew. It's, it's interesting, but it's not an easy reading. At least not an easy reading for me. It's, it's, it's difficult. Um, so think about this. There's a couple of things that I want to mention here. Um, think about Jesus. And we have been talking about this for months already one of the goals that Luke had in mind was okay I want the community of Christians to really understand who the master was not only because they need to keep this story alive but also because when we have the right image of the God we worship then we can move in the right direction as well so do not forget that Lucas is sending this. Yes, there is a specific person that he's writing this, um, uh, this gospel and then the book of Acts too. But also this was for public reading in the Christian communities. And they're new communities. They're trying to understand all the events and they're trying to understand everything that happened some years before. And Luke is like, hey, listen, there's a couple of things that you need to know, a couple of stories that you need to remember. This is for all of us. 
And, and this is what I like about the Bible, that the Bible is not a book just to give you rules on how to get salvation. The Bible is a living book. In fact, someone said once that you don't read the Bible, the Bible reads you. And, and it's powerful. Because it's not about getting information, but it's about experiencing transformation. And that's exactly what we see in this story. So Jesus is walking in, uh, and he gives some instructions to the disciples. He say, listen, do this for me. There's this little donkey over there, and um, just go and get it for me. Just imagine that scene in your mind, like, wait, you just want, want us to go over there and get it for you? Uh, we, we're not clear on this, Lord. So some people have suggested a couple of options here. Like number one, that Jesus had a plan before and talked to the people. Say, hey, listen, someone is going to come and they're going to tell you that they're coming uh, from me. Just give the donkey to them. That's one option. Another option probably is just uh, normally for some processions and this kind of activities, the rabbis and some masters and some people in important places, they have certain kind of authority to say, hey, I need this for my procession. And families over there were able to help. So Jesus was somehow a recognized, famous rabbi, master those days. So it's not that hard for people to help him to this specific thing. So now, but let's go back to the image part. And let's go a little bit... Uh, a little bit more, you know, back in time. Let's go to the book of Genesis. So the Bible says that God created us according to his own image. Think about this. Ancient people, they had this belief that only the kings were created in the image of God. So they were taking advantage of that. They were saying, hey, listen. I am created in the image of God. I am the son of God. Therefore, you have to do what I say. Period. So followers were just like doing everything the kings wanted them to do. And there was, you know, slavery and all these things. It was bad. It was bad. That's why, and when you understand this, that's why when Israel was asking for a king, God said, why? So you have me. Yeah, yeah, but we, we want to be like them too because look, they have structure, they have this. Yeah, but you have me. And that was one of the reasons. But then they decided to do it. And look what happened. Israel had a lot of kings too. And they took advantage of the same thing, the same condition. But the author in the book of Genesis put that information over there for a reason. Not only to point that God is the creator, but also that we are the image of God. Everybody not only those who are in specific positions. And that was super, super um, revolutionary, like at the, at the beginning. It was just crazy, like somebody saying that, like, wait, all of us, the image of God? And it was not to execute any kind of authority, but to, to really understand what a loving God was. So, the problem is, that with all of this information, and with all the teachings, and with all the uh, uh, the books that were being like you know um, put together in what we know today as the Bible, even with all of this information, people were doing the process the wrong way. Instead of understanding 
that they were the image of God, they created a God according to their own image. And I'm talking about the true God, the only God. So God said, this is who I am. But people were basically doing or say, uh, selling this image of God according to their own understanding. And they created themselves expectations. And then even if God himself decided to come and say something, they would reject that. Because that was not according to the image they had about God. And guess what? In fact, God did come. And he was walking around them and talking. And religious people were like, wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. But that, that's not exactly the way we interpret scripture. Wait, do you realize that it's God in front of you telling you how to do it? And one of those images was the image of the Messiah. And the image of the Messiah was super important because they thought, based on some scripture in the Old Testament, or at least their interpretation, and some other books that we don't have here, but they used back then uh, for history purposes. They thought that the Messiah was going to be a political leader. Someone that was going to be able to use the armies and everybody and to equip, you know, the whole city of Jerusalem to conquer. Say, hey, listen, the Romans are not going to be here that long because if the messiah comes he's going to come in power and he's going to be mighty and he's going to be glorious and we're going to be with him and then we're going to be laughing in front of the romans because we will be the ones in charge that's exactly what they thought that's why they were so excited about the messiah but they got disappointed at least some of them and, and, and now we see Jesus here saying, hey, listen, uh, there's this procession, and we're going to go. I'm going to go. Say, oh, okay, let's go, let's go, let's go. Uh, where's your horse? Oh, no, I, I, I don't have a horse. Oh, okay, okay, so what are you going to use? Well, I don't have anything. In fact, you know what? Just go and get that donkey for me. Yeah, but it's not your donkey. Well, but get it. I mean, they're going to allow you to use it. He didn't have anything. I was like, wait, but the Messiah was supposed to be powerful. And this guy, he doesn't have a horse. He's going to use a donkey. That doesn't make sense. But they decided to obey. They went, they got it. And then Jesus was entering into the big city. Not as the Romans or the powerful people in their horses asking for praises. You know, hey, worship us. Hey, we're here. This is the authority. Look at our presence. We're ready. You have to submit to us. That was scary somehow. And there is Jesus coming into the city, riding on a little donkey. No one was going to be scared about that. Nobody. Nobody. That's my king. That's the Messiah. Uh-uh, no. And that's why they started like worshiping him and saying, Blessings on the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in highest heaven. Osana. This is the Lord. And they, were, they, they had the palms with them and they were so excited. They saw that in Jesus. 
But the religious leader said, wait, 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 no, 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 no. This is not the image we had. We were taught that the Messiah was going to be like this. and like Jesus, master, they respected him as a master. Hey, do something. Look at what they're saying. Huh. And Jesus said, no one is going to be able to hide the truth. Even stones, probably referring to the temple in Jerusalem, will speak to declare that I'm the Messiah. So this is the, 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 the first lesson. This is our master, our Messiah, our King, our God. Not trying to look for a position in the world. He doesn't need to fight for that. He doesn't have to prove anything to anybody. Jesus didn't say, hey, listen, I am the Messiah. Didn't you read your Bibles? What is wrong with you? I'm the Messiah. And this is my people. And they're going to be ready to convince you that I'm the Messiah. And if you don't follow me, oh, be ready. Because I'm the Messiah. And I'm going to prove it to you. No. He doesn't have the need to do that. God is God even if people do not recognize that. God will always be God even if people deny His existence. God will always be God and we don't have to prove anything to anyone. So instead of fighting for position, for uh, uh, trying to convince people, the powerful lesson is here, be humble and ready to serve. Because the best evidence of the existence of the Lord of his ministry. It's not how many Bible verses we communicate to other people. And how many people we baptize in the sound doctrine. And how many people we uh, we bring to the, uh, uh, the only true church. It's about how many people we are humble and ready to love, to serve, to bring peace to, and to reconcile. That is the real message of the gospel. It's not about what others think about us. And let me be, because I, I want to do some apologetics here. And I want to just prove that this is real. You don't have to. Serve and love. Be there to reconcile. Be there to communicate. And to experience. But listen, before communicating the peace of the Lord, you have to experience that peace. And yes, it is good when God brings disappointment to all of us. It is good when He comes and says, Hey, listen, I know they told you this about me, but guess what? I am not like that, and I'm here. And this is who I am. Because the expectation cannot be bigger than the experience. And then the second thing is... God being disappointed. Remember my story uh, at the beginning. This is Jesus coming into Jerusalem. He's excited. He's happy. He knows that he's, he's going to die. He knows that. But he's happy. He's happy because at least this small group of people, they know who he is. And that is bringing joy to his heart. But then suddenly... Everything changes. As he came closer to Jerusalem, he began to weep. 
it's like, okay, we're, we're, I was so excited for the trip, and then we got to the place, and I was like, wait, there's, ugh, I don't like this place anymore. I want to go back home. I don't know exactly what Jesus felt, but he was sad. And he was sad, and, and let's understand what we have in verse 41. And then follow me on this. What we have in verse 41 is not a prophecy. It's not Jesus telling them, you are going to be destroyed because you are not listening to my message. It's a warning. And that's a big difference when we do the right interpretation of this text. Because Jesus is full of sadness, saying, it's too late because you already made some bad decisions. And I already saw your future. And I already saw what they're going to do to you. And I already saw what's going to come. The way of peace is the way of living. The way of peace is the way to do things. But you didn't listen, Jerusalem. You didn't listen and you wanted to fight for your freedom. And that's not exactly what I wanted. And when Jerusalem decided to fight for their freedom, the whole city got destroyed in year 70. And it was a lot of blood and destruction and it was sad. And Jesus saw that. And he was weeping. So, here's the thing. Jesus is calling the church today for something bigger. And we need to understand that. I was telling the, the, the Spanish um, um, side last week, like, yes, we're in the middle of the pandemic. I understand that. Yes, COVID still a thing. Yes, I understand that. But listen, the most important thing is like, what's going on in your heart and what transformation have you experienced this whole year? Some people like, are we going to go back to normal? No, we don't want to go back to normal. We want to go to something new that the Lord has prepared. And in order for us to see that, we have to remove any bias and any idea and wrong image that we have from the Lord. And we got to experience the freshness of the Holy Spirit telling us, I have something new and I want to use you to bring peace, reconciliation, transformation through love and humbleness and service. That's the only way to transform the world. Oh yes, it's about to, to be saved. Yes, we have that. We know that. The forgiveness of our sins. Yes, we have it. Going to heaven. Yeah, we got that idea. But the kingdom of God is not only about going to heaven in the future, but bringing his glory to this present. And we need to understand that. That while we are waiting, we cannot be singing only and reading our Bibles, but bringing transformation in a little corner of our universe. Let me close with this. So Jesus is coming in. And people, they're singing, Hosanna to the king. Yes, amen, this is the king. Let's praise God. But some were like, oh, no, 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 this is not correct. What are you doing? He's not the Messiah. Come on. Why? Because they had the wrong image. So having the wrong image, listen to me, having the wrong image of God can block us from seeing his glory. His glory was there, right in front of them. So, 
The last part of the reading today said, and I, and I can imagine Jesus saying this, you did not recognize it when God visited you. The question is, do you recognize when God is visiting you?